Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Corey Deanna Lewis, founder of The Healthy Project and host of The Healthy Project podcast. My mission is to bring awareness to health and wellness concerns that are impacting our communities. On this podcast, you'll learn strategies to improve your health from health professionals from around the world that are trying to make an impact in people's lives. Enjoy. Welcome to the Healthy Project Podcast. Today, I am your host, Ria Mestiza, but today is also a very special episode because it is the one-year anniversary show. And so I would love to welcome your host, your usual host, the man, the voice, Corey Dion Lewis. Welcome to your show, man. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for allowing me to be on my show. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So today marks the one year anniversary. May the fourth be with you. Yes. Yeah. And that wasn't planned. That wasn't planned. It just happened to be that way. That just happened to be the date that you launched? That just happened to be the date. Yeah. Yeah. That was not even planned. I didn't even realize it until like later on the day. I'm like, oh, today's May, May the 4th. Like I didn't even realize it. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I'll never forget my anniversary. You know what I mean? I'll never forget it. But yeah. 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 This is kind of how it happened. Nice. So you're Mr. Humble. You're Mr. I'm all about everybody that's coming on the show and and honoring your guests. So today is about honoring you. So why don't you take us all down the path of getting to know Corey a little bit better and start off with why you started this show in the first place? Yeah. So thank you, Maria, again, thank you so much. Um, You know, it's funny because you know how most people in their podcasts you know, the, the, the very first episode is kind of an intro into the podcast, why you're doing it. Um, you know, your, your motives behind it or your mission or, you know, what to expect. And I just started interviewing people like right away. Like I didn't even, so like for a lot of people in the beginning, they didn't even know I was a health coach unless I said it in, in a, in a podcast or they didn't, they didn't know what I did. They just thought I just was like a media person. They didn't know I had a health and wellness background. And so I, so I think this is a great opportunity to do that. But so the, the, but to answer your question, you know, the reason why I started the podcast and it was like right around where the pandemic got real, like it was, you know, there was hey, you know, there's this thing going around called, you know, coronavirus, just let you know, it's, you know, it's, we're aware of it. And then it was like, Hey, it's here. This is, this is real. Right. But it got me thinking. Like, I remember sitting in my office and my boss had called me and she was like, Hey, cancel your, cancel your patients for the week. You know, we, you know, just, we're not, you know, we're not allowing patients in the office. Then it went from canceling for the week to cancel all of your patients until we started seeing people in, in, in the clinic. And I'm like, man, so now I have, you know, a lot more time on my hands to just think. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. which was a blessing in disguise at the time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting here doing nothing or I was screening. So like, because I wasn't seeing patients anymore, I had to sit in the, the uh, front of the office 
And whenever we would have people come in, I would have to take their temperatures, ask them COVID-19 questions to determine if they can come in or not. So it was, it was, that was all I was doing. So I'm like, I started thinking about all the things that I said I wanted to do, but I never did. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, do I see myself doing this 20 years from now? Doing this in the sense of like, am I just going to keep saying things sound cool and then not do them? Right. Am I going to keep saying like, hey, I want to, I think I could add value here. That would be cool. And then just not do it. And that scared the crap out of me. Right. Like, it's like, I'm just, yeah, I I'm helping people with, with coaching, but then I wasn't like, it's like, if COVID happened again, like, what am I going to do? So one of the things that I said would be really cool to do was to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what, what better time than now to really kind of figure this out? I'm not doing anything else. You know what I mean? And I started really putting more value in in link in LinkedIn, I would post, you know, I'm post every day, just something I know, nothing crazy, just something I know about health, health coaching, health and wellness. I was posting every day. And then I, as I was, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what a name I was going to, what, what was my name? That was my biggest thing for a week. I was like, what's my name going to be? Like, I can't start a podcast. I don't have a name, you know, like all, you know, all that stuff you say to yourself that tricks you out of doing something that's important. That's, that's the way yeah. I see it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one day I was like, you know what? If I don't schedule an interview, this is never going to happen. So I called up, I emailed a friend of mine, like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? He was like, yeah, let's do it. I had no mic, I had no name, <laughs> I, had, I had no structure, I had I had nothing. I had no idea what I was going to say or talk about, but it mm-hmm. pushed me to do it. And I went, I got, I got this mic. Um, I, I got really started, started, uh, researching how to do a podcast. I just really got into it. And yeah, May 4th, you know what I mean? Um, did my, well, no, May 4th wasn't the day I did May 4th was the day I went live, but, um, then the, the smart talk podcast was, mm-hmm. was created, you know, it, it was right. there. And then been doing it ever since. I think it was, I, it was the, it was the pandemic was, um, you know, which was not great for a lot of people. It was what mm-hmm. I needed to really see where, where my life needed to go as far as professionally. Right. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of the push I needed. Like, Hey, this, this, this ain't, this ain't guaranteed. So like, all these things you're saying that you want to do, or you think is cool, or you think you, you better do them now. And it was, yeah. it was, it was the kick in the butt I needed to get started. Awesome. I think it was for a lot of people and myself included, you know, it's just, it makes you reevaluate. We, I think we all needed it really. Like as, yeah. as also as, as, as insensitive as that sounds, it, it was the shift that I think we all needed to reevaluate where we spend our time, who we spend it with and where we're going, you know, because life is precious and something like this can, can really sweep the world and you just don't know what's going to be next. Um, but taking us back to no name, no, no real, like you just, you just wanted to start it. And that's a lot of people may not even know that you actually started the podcast called smart talk. That yes. was a, 
where your your humble beginnings. So where did that name come from and why did you choose to evolve it to the Healthy Project podcast? So I was I was so proud of I am still proud of that name. I love the Smart Talk <laughs> podcast. I love mm-hmm. that name. So so in in the beginning my goal was to speak with coaches. Like I was mm-hmm. going to speak to with primary care health coaches. I like if you look at the first first very few people I interviewed like yourself I, they, all coaches like um primary care coach you know um a cancer coach a sugar coach you know just you know I, my goal was to speak with health coaches in some mm. form or fashion and um smart talk or smart goals you know specific measurable attainable realistic and right on and, and timeable the acronym acronym that a lot of coaches use you know to set goals for their clients Mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's great. Smart talk. You know, it was specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and right on time health and wellness conversations. I was like, boom, perfect. Yep. The issue was when I would talk to somebody that was not, didn't know what a smart goal was or was not in the health and wellness industry. And they'd ask me, you know, what I did, you know, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a health coach and I you know, also have a podcast. And like, oh, what's your podcast called? And they they get it, their phone out to like look it up. My like, oh, it's Smart Talk, and they would look really strangely. Or even people I knew, like, hey, what's your what's the name of your podcast? And my like, oh, it's this Smart Talk podcast. And they'd be like, why are you doing a podcast about money? They all everybody <laughs> thought it was about finances, and I'm like, oh, okay. no. And I I kept finding myself having to explain what the name was to people outside of coaching or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, people who were in health coaching, I told them it was smart talk. They'd be like, Oh, that's kind of catchy. I'm like, yeah, I like it. Right. But <laughs> to everybody else, yeah. they had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, even though I like it, I gotta, I gotta let people know what I do. Right. So but also I wanted a name that, could actually evolve and grow. I didn't just want to just have a cool name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, after a few weeks of, you know, toying with different names and things like that, you know, the healthy project kind of, you know, I was just kind of just saying things out loud and it, it stuck. I'm like, Oh, I kind of like this. And then, you know, the way my mind works is once I have a name, I had to put it, like I had to create a logo to see what it looks like. And I just liked, it just looked good to me. So, but I also like what it, it also has a, a, a meaning behind it, right? Like, it's just not a name to me. When I, when I think about the healthy project and I think we'll, we'll get into this as the podcast goes on, but it's not just the podcast anymore. Like it has evolved into much more and, you know, everybody's a, a work in progress. Everybody has their own projects. You know, health is, you know, I don't just talk with health coaches anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, as a healthy project, I, I feel like there, there are so many different aspects of health. I want to talk to everybody and I want to talk to everybody. I want to talk about it all because yeah. there, there's so much value out there. And there's so many good people that know what they're talking about when it comes to health that, you know, it's, it's not just diet and exercise anymore. It's mindset. It's, you know, it's sleep. There's all these different aspects that we're now thinking about. Um, that I want to discuss on the Healthy Project podcast. Perfect. And that, that summarizes it, as well as the evolving you 
that has yeah. evolved with the show because you started off just wanting to speak, you know, you, you kept it into a minority, so to speak, and then now you've evolved um, personally and professionally to want to capture a whole lot more and give a whole lot more value to your listeners. Um, let's take it back a little bit to not just why you started the podcast, but why specifically became a, you know, a wellness coach really like where, where you're at, like what does wellness coaching mean to you? Because I know we spoke on my podcast about how you knew that you always wanted to help people. So maybe touch upon why you knew your future career was going to be helping people and what made you choose specifically where you are today. Like it was, it was just something about helping people that just made me feel good. Right. And it, it didn't matter what it was. Like if I had a friend that had a problem, it was my duty to help them. Like I just, I just had to help them figure it out. It, it's, you know, in before I knew what health coaching was, I knew how to structure conversation and I was probably doing it all wrong and just say, Hey, you should do this. Or what about this? Or helping them Google stuff. Like, you know, it's, I just wanted to help. I, I, I didn't like that. I had somebody in my life or somebody that I ran across who felt bad or didn't, or felt stuck and just let them sit there. Like they just didn't sit well with me. Like I wanted to unstick you. Like I want, I wanted to, in the beginning, I wanted to fix you. If I'm being honest, I wanted to fix it. Like, you know know what I mean? Like I had to fix it, you know? And, and that's where I kind of knew, like, as I, as I got older and started thinking about um, professions that I knew I wanted to be in a helping profession. I knew I wanted to be in, in social work or, you know, a therapist, you know, for a while I was in, uh, my track was clinical therapy. I wanted to be a child, uh, child therapist. Mm-hmm. And I knew I just, I wanted to help because I, I do, I do enjoy kids. And I, I thought, you know, this would be a great track for me to be on. And then realized it just wasn't for me. Like I just didn't, didn't like it. But as we talked about on your podcast, health and wellness has always been a part of my, my life because of, you know, um, how I grew up and in being in sports, you know, it was always something that was, I knew I couldn't, I had to eat a certain way or I wouldn't perform well. So it was always there, right? Mm-hmm. I always knew I had to take care of myself because I didn't want to end up with some of these chronic diseases as my family. Like I just, I just knew, I mean, I love them to death, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to deal with some of those issues as an adult. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I understood that. At, at a young age and knew like, Hey, um, now that I'm able to cook for myself, I'm gonna start baking this chicken instead of frying everything. Right. I'm gonna start eating more. You know, when I think of a snack, I'm gonna start eating more fruits than, you know, going out and getting a bunch of junk, even though I, you know, I, I, I love licorice. I love, you know, I have a sweet tooth for a sense, but I, I understand that that just can't be my diet. Right. So I had to really evolve. And then if it wasn't for taking a, a health class in college and connecting with my professor, Michael Teague, who told me about health coaching. Cause this was around the time where I had just, I knew I didn't want to be in psychology anymore or a therapist, but I just didn't know, well, now what am I going to do with my life? Like what, like what, what is Corey going to do once I graduate? Mm. And he's the one that told me about health coaching. Um, and, and health coaching, they had just brought the curriculum to the University of Iowa. 
So there was two separate tracks. There was a health coaching track and there was a personal training track. And he thought I would, I would do really well with the health coaching. And he kind of explained it to me and I'm like, oh, that's great. I, I can still, I can, I'm helping people. I'm still using, I'm still, you know, not really, I'm still counseling people. I'm still able to interact and communicate with people. And um, I'm talking about health and wellness, which was something that I was already doing just in my personal life. You know what I mean? Is, is eating well. And, you know, I had friends that we, you know, we would talk about that stuff all the time. So it, it, it was just the fit for me. Like it just, it just felt right. And then once I started taking those classes, I just knew like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Now at the time, the, the only, the only thing, the only jobs are, you know, for health coaches at the time that I knew of, there were probably more, but it was, it was corporate wellness. Like it was, you know, health coaches worked in corporate wellness, but I will say right out of college, my first, my first time using my health coach training or like, you know, behavior change was not in health coaching. Um, I didn't get, I didn't get my first, I didn't start my technically start my health coaching career until 2011. So like 10, like 10 years ago, yep. I did two years as a treatment counselor in, uh, um, it's called a, P, a pediatric mental health institution. So for, it was a, it, meant, it was a, for, for kids. So it's like these kids mm-hmm. who had, um, mental issues. I don't want to say issues, but they had challenges. Yeah. They would, they would come and we would have them for like a year and we would help, help them. They had their therapists and then they were either court ordered or, you know, family volunteered for them to stay there to help them with any mental issues they had. It was the best two years of my life. Like it was, it was a hard job. Oh my gosh. It was a hard job. Cause we had a lot of kids that would, um, they have reality testing issues. So like one minute they would see you as Rhea, the next minute your eyes would be drooping or you would look like a robot. Like it was so mm. they would have these carpet squares where they would have to rub to like ground themselves, but mm. that didn't work a lot. So they would be, they would just act out. And this was, and not every kid was like that. We just had kids there that just had behavior issues and they had to work that out. But um, I say it was, it really honed in, I, I think some of the most important aspects of a coach or someone who's helping someone change their behavior, it improved my patience, being able to interact with somebody on the go. It, what I mean by that is when we had a kid just go there, they weren't going to change their behavior right away. Like just because they saw me and I told them to stop, they didn't care. Like it took time to, to really change that behavior. So you had to be patient. You'd have kids yelling and throwing things and you had to keep your cool. Sometimes you didn't, something, the stress would get to you, but 90% of the time you just had to just be even keel. Just know you, you had to be calm So really, I had to really build my patience up. Like I had to really focus on that. And also as a, as a child was, upset and they were they're throwing things or saying things uh to you you had to be able to respond right away like you couldn't say hey i heard what you just said give me a minute let me think about what i should say next like <laughs> no you didn't have that long <laughs> you had you had to really um so it really helped me listen right so i had like you had to listen like if a child is saying something to you how they're feeling or they're angry 
you had to listen to what they were saying so you could respond. And you like, so it really, it really uh, helped me once I, once I got into a, a corporate setting and started health coaching, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was like easy peasy, but like it was, I, I was able to really understand where somebody was coming from, from that moment. I knew like, Hey, behavior change takes, takes time. And I'm actually able to listen to what you're saying and really kind of think about what I'm going to say next and, and try to see what you're saying within your words. So if I wouldn't have had that two and a half, two years, I worked full-time two years, but I still worked part-time because I just really enjoyed it. I didn't have to, but I really enjoyed working with the kids. Those two years, if I wouldn't have had those two years, like my health coaching career wouldn't be what it is now. Like it, I needed that those two years. Um, and that kind of set me off to now where I'm like, you know, this is, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a health coach. This is who I am. I, I love to educate people and, and talk to as many people as I can about it. Uh, and, and also in, in still helping people at the same time. Like, I feel like this is, this is what I've been not to sound too corny, but this is what I've been called to do. You know what I mean? And I, of course, I understand what you mean, you know, like I feel exactly the same way. So I, I hope, I feel that it will come across that way to everyone listening right now, because if you, it's so evident that, that you're passionate about what you do and your why behind why you do it. And the fact that you were able to combine, I guess, your initial inspiration was to work with kids. Yeah. So then you had this new career that you, you know, you went down a different path, but actually it started uh, in alignment to where you thought you were going to be, which is. Which <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's the connection that I made as you were speaking about it. And then also the fact that that two years really groomed you for where you were going to go because working with children is difficult, but it's also very honest because like you said yeah. they don't they don't stop and pause and think that it's very raw when you speak to children and you do have to be very patient and listen to exactly what they mean behind the words that they say so i just view that as like uh the visual that i got was like when a boxer is you know in a in a dark gym and really hustling and training hard and putting in all the work before he gets to do the 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 main stage fight really because that that prepared you you know for (laughs) for adults (laughs) who are equally going to to fight you on on what you're trying to say and and what you're trying to suggest but you're able to you know dip and dive and maneuver yourself in in such a way that is accommodating for any age yeah. Yeah. And I, I have one story I want to tell about that experience where this is where it, it kind of started to get um, the the being able to hear what somebody is saying and then understand what they what's really behind those words. This is where I started to click. It's not a, it's not a it's not a happy story, but this is kind of where it clicked for me. Um, we had a, we had a kid there and it was around the holiday. So I think it was around um, Thanksgiving, right? So a lot of the kids, if they, if they were able to, they could go home for Thanksgiving. A lot of the kids really enjoyed that time. So they were on their best behavior so they can go home. This child, he was able, he had all, he had all his privileges. He could, he could go home for Thanksgiving. 
So I had a lot of new staff. So the thing with working in, in an environment like I worked in, uh, turnover was pretty high, right? Like not a lot of people, you got to be a certain kind of person to work in this type of environment. So we had a few new staff with me. There's was, was a bunch of kids on the unit. This kid came out of his room and he screamed the N-word at me. Went back in his room and slammed the door, right? Everybody's looking at me like, oh my God, right? Like, and I go, he doesn't want to go home. Like, I knew it instantly. Like, I, I was looking at him and I go, it's okay. It's so everybody's like, what? Like, we mean that, that is not okay. And I get everybody's trying to stand up for me. I'm like, it's okay. He doesn't want to go home. And they're like, did he tell you this? And I go, no, he didn't. So me and another staff go to his room. And Rhea, he it broke my heart. He is in there bawling bawling and i go hey if you didn't want to go home all you had to say is you didn't want to go home and he's just bawling he's like i'm so sorry you know and i understood why he wouldn't want to go home his mom was 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 working on herself and he knew if he stayed here he was going to get a a thanksgiving meal if he went home he wasn't and Mm -hmm. it was so like what was what he said was it was it right no the way he ran about it was it right no but at that moment it was like something in my mind goes he doesn't mean that Corey. he means this he doesn't mean that he means he doesn't want to go home and this is the only way he knows how to stay here because hate talk means you 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 get your uh privileges revoked so he if he he knew if he said something hateful he couldn't go home mm-hmm. and he couldn't hurt his mom right yeah. So, and the staff was like, how, how did you know that? Like, how did you know that? And I'm like, well, what I've been doing this for a long time, but as you, you know, as you're reading people, right. Cause that's what coaching is. Like you're reading what they really mean, what they say. Yeah. It's, it, that is a skill that is, you know, it's just, if some people have it, some people don't. Right. And that's when I knew that was, that was one of those times where it's like, okay, um, Working as a treatment counselor may not be my calling, but doing this and being able to read people and understand what people are trying to say to me, in other words, is where I, I, I think I think I got something here. So that was that was one of very many stories I have there, but um, it was it was an eye opening experience. It's it's a very eye opening experience, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you said. It is, it is a skill and somewhat a talent to be able to read between the lines. I think it's because you've been able to sharpen your sword and, and yeah. listen to, to not just, not just the verbal language that, you know, it's, it's the physical, it's the, it's everything. There's a whole lot more. And, and I think what, where people fall short is they focus too much on, on their reacting to how someone has spoken to them rather than why that person has spoken to them that way. Yes. So that's, it's a very, yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson that you, that you've shared with us. Um, yeah, it's, it's very crucial. So I guess where we, where we go from here is where, where are we going from here? Where is the healthy project podcast projected to go this, this second year rolling? Yeah. And this is where, you know, Rhea, I am, 
I am so I'm excited and I'm nervous and is I I'm so excited. So for the healthy project, the healthy project is going to be the healthy project podcast. It's going to, I'm going to continue, you know, um, interviewing great people who have something to share and have value to share to the world. I'm going to continue to interview those people. Um, but the, over the past year, as I've, you know, it honestly, it started this, this thought in my mind about where the healthy project can go. It started early. Um, when around, when we did the, um, the last dance mindset episode, right. When we talked about mindset mm-hmm. and I was like, this is going to be, this is a little different for my podcast. Cause I never really did anything about mindset. And I wanted to, you know, this, my thought was like, Hey, health and wellness is more than just diet and exercise. we got to talk about our mindset. That, that, that is a, that is an important part of health, I think. Yeah. And then, and then once I had, so I had that episode and then I started talking to other professionals about many different topics, um, health disparities. Um, you know, I, I had an episode about, uh, COVID-19 and how that's affecting, um, different environments. And I'm like, you know what, what else can I do that can create value in, in this area outside of the podcast? And, and that's where I think the healthy project is going, still doing the podcast, still, um, still bringing that awareness. The podcast will bring the awareness, but how can I bring solutions? Right. Like, so where, where can the real tangible solutions come from? And that's where the healthy project as the organization is going to, going to, going to do that. And my goals with the healthy project are to have healthy project communities, you know, starting here in Des Moines, where I'm at having a healthy project here, where we, um, we help a school with their breakfast, uh, program or help organize uh, a physical activity event for uh, these kids in these low-income communities. That starts here, but I also want a healthy project somewhere else too, where Des Moines is the hub, but we're able to have healthy project communities all over the world. That, that That is my mission, to have people organizing healthy projects, whether it be creating a community garden in an area where, you know, fruits and vegetables are, aren't easy to access or, um, where exercise isn't, you know, not everybody, not everybody can afford to, you know, play sports, you know, through organized sports, but creating a, um, some type of league or something, just something to help people in who, who can't help themselves really because not for any reason of their own, but um, just for the circumstances that they're in. So yes, I want to keep bringing awareness and talking about these things, but you know, the way my mind works is I want to actually bring solutions as well. Like I want to be able to be a part of the solution. So that's where the healthy project is going. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. And um, what that looks like, I'm still ironing that out. Like if, you know, I, I do know one thing I'm starting here for, I'm starting here. You know, I'm already doing some things where um, I'll be partnering with uh, some, some companies here in, in Des Moines to where we can bring uh, some, some healthy 
uh, activities to some these uh, these schools, these elementary schools and these low income areas to, to help these kids. And, you know, once I get the website up and get, you know, get things going, you know, if anybody out there that wants to create a healthy project in their community and just be a part of the whole community. And that's where the idea came from was I created, you know, I've, I've created a great community because of the healthy project. I have some great friends, you like we we've been doing this. I feel like we've, we've been talking all week, right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've created some really good personal relationships through community and I want to do that with the healthy project, not with just the podcast. I want people to be a part of this healthy project community um, all over the world doing things to better their community that where I can't, I can't be, I can't be everywhere, but if we can come together as a community and to support others, that that's the goal for me. That is that that's the overall goal. It's beautiful. So this is uh this is first news for me as well, everyone. So don't think that I've I've had the inside scoop. I've purposely said to Corey not to tell me. Anything. That's right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! So that's amazing. I think that you know giving back is really what what it's all about. You know, let's let's be honest. Doing our project uh, our projects, which are our podcasts, you know it it doesn't pay us. There is no monetary payment. It is really a heart's calling job. It's something that we want to give back in terms of value and content. And then taking it to that next level is just a a beautiful next step. So I'm really excited to hear uh, about the upcoming projects and yeah, giving back to schools and and trying to change the trajectory of how the next generations feed themselves and their health is really, really important, especially now. So, so this is, this is a true story, Rhea. This is, you know, the, the, the idea of creating, of helping these schools with their breakfast came from an actual real life experience. I had a, had a patient in my office, mm-hmm. um, nine years old, 130 pounds, 140 pounds, um, pre-diabetic, um, hypertensive, hypertension, stage two hypertension. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I, when I see these kids in my office with their families, yeah. Right. Like crazy. Mm-hmm. When I see these families in my office. Um, one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what, you know, what is he having for breakfast? Some, some question around that, you know, let me know what, what is he eating? Like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. And um, this was during the school year. And um, the mother said, you know, he has breakfast at school. So a lot of the, you know, the, the, the hospital that I work, we, we, you know, our population is the you know underserved population. So a lot of the kids I see go to some of these um, low income schools or these, you know, these poorer schools. And um, he was like, well, he gets breakfast at, at school. So I'm like, okay, what, what's breakfast at school? And it was, he said, these were his words. Um, he has a donut, orange juice, either an orange or a banana. Sometimes he doesn't always eat the fruit, but he'll have the orange juice and he'll have the donut. Now this is a pre-diabetic kid who has hypertension, right? At nine and, and overweight eating a donut and orange juice before school. Now let's, let's take the chronic disease out of it. Let's, let's say this is a kid that is um, a healthy weight for his age. He has no chronic disease. This is still a child who's eating a donut before school and having to try to learn, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's not a great fuel source 
to learn until you can have lunch, right? And Lord knows what he's having for lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and I spoke with a retired principal in Philadelphia, and she said this was the same issue they had at her school. Like, same thing. It's, it's, it's a big problem. Like, is this, this is a big problem, <laughs> a big problem, right? So that's where the, that's where the, the motivation is like, Hey, what can we do for at least one school? Like, what can we do to help these kids have some kind of proper nutrition at school to be able to learn, not just to be able to function, you know what I mean? Not have a donut shoot up through the roof, bouncing off the walls for a couple hours and then crash and not learn anything. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's just one project that, you know, that I'm, I'm thinking about starting um, and, and doing where, you know, I have a a potential partner to help me with that, um, which is going to be awesome how that looks. You know, I don't, I don't know yet, but it's, it's, it's in the works. Like this is, is I'm, I'm done talking. I'm done. You know, how, how I said in the beginning of the podcast, how, you know, the podcast would be cool. You know, that sounds cool. You know, I'm, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's time to just, it's time to, it's time to work. It's time to get it. It's time to get it going and, you know, put the fear aside, put the anxiety about what it, all the what ifs, you know, they, they can sit on the bench this time around. Like it's, it's time to go. And so that initial step of just starting the podcast is now not only created a wonderful podcast, that's now a year running, but it's also now created momentum for, community work and for things that are going to be able to help a greater, a broadening community. Yeah. So let's look back for a minute. What, what would be maybe your, your top moments when you think back to this last year of pod of, of your podcast, what, what are the things that come front of mind for you when you think of the highlights? What's the uh, highlight reel? You know what, really one, one of the main highlights is, you know, the lasting relationships that I've been able to, to create from the podcast. Like, it's not like these are just like one and done conversations. I mean, like, I mean, you, you know, I have a lot of people that I, I still communicate on a daily basis. You know, it's not just like a like on LinkedIn or Instagram. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, how you doing? How's your week? You know, Hey, thinking about hey, Hey, everything good. How you doing? Like, it's, it's like that. So that's been, that's been great. You know what I mean? Because going through this journey, it, it can get lonely not having like-minded people to bounce ideas off of or to say, hey, don't trip about that. Or, you know, or even just to say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think about it? You know, I'm like, hey, man, go for it. Just to have that, it has been, has been great. Mm-hmm. I want to say that the other highlight is um, really getting my, my sixth or seventh interview. Because for a while there, it, it wasn't specifically the person I got but I didn't have anybody scheduled. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be one of these podcasts that do like six interviews and then nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> I'm like, dang. So just putting in the work of, you know, I crafted this, you know, really good, you know, email to, to send to everybody and just, you know, just doing the work and just connecting with people. And then it went from, you know, six to seven. I'm like, okay, who? And then like, I did like three in one week and I'm like, man, I got three episodes. I don't got to worry about, I can kind of relax. And you know what I mean? So it it, it started to build. I would have never thought I'd be, I honestly, like in the beginning, the way I was doing it, like it was so like, (laughs) 
Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like for a while, like I would do an interview on Monday and that same interview I do, I would post the next Monday because I didn't have anybody scheduled. So mm-hmm. it was like, man, so I'm, I was, at first I was, I was rushing to get people to interview to now people emailing me asking to be on the podcast or wanting to learn more about the podcast, sending me products. Like it, it's, that has been the fact that, you know, I have, you know, a bunch of, you know, podcasts just lined up, ready to go. And I have this, you know, it's, it's more of an organized thing now. It's been super, super cool. And been able to, and being able to reach out. And, and this is one more uh, shout out to Dr. John White. So John White is the chief medical officer of uh, WebMD. And we connected on LinkedIn and I was super nervous about I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, the worst he can say is no or not respond to be on my podcast. And I sent him a very professional uh, email and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, I was on cloud nine. This was my first, like Mm -hmm. um, outside of my friends, like high profile person Mm -hmm. I interviewed. And he really gave me a confidence boost because during the podcast, once we were done, he was like, Hey, I normally don't do this, said, but um, you you responded. Your podcast looks really professional. You re, you re, uh, connected to me. It was very professional. So, like, just putting in all that work, it was just kind of like a man. I, okay, I'm I'm doing this for a reason. People are looking at me a certain way, and um, this is good, you know. So that that was kind of the the confidence boost. Not that I needed it to keep going because I was going to keep going regardless, but. Yeah. Um, it was it was definitely a confidence boost for sure. That's good, and I'm glad you say that because I, I like I we met before you started. Yeah, and the the Corey that I met versus the Corey that I know now, there's a massive transformation <laughs> in your confidence, right? Because yeah. you you did have those doubts, you did have those questioning moments where you're like, is this gonna, this isn't gonna work. Maybe I'm not doing the right thing, but I am, but I'm not, you know, there were a lot of yeah, doubts. There was a lot and of the doubts. Fact that you, you didn't do an opening podcast to to introduce yourself. Like you sort of like, I'm happy to just be the man behind the mic. And, <laughs> and so this is a big deal. And I and I don't think that 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 I could highlight it enough because one year down the track you're more confident and you're you're producing some fantastic shows with with great international guests and you only just now one year later have the confidence to allow me to interview you so that we can get to know you more yeah. <laughs> true story yeah. true story true yeah. story cuz it was it was it was easy to in in the, in the beginning it was it was easy to kind of just hide. I am just the guy behind the mic, and I'm just. This is all about you today, which which it was. Like I, I was always, uh, and I still do. Like the mm-hmm. the podcast isn't about me; it's about the guests giving value to the people listening. So, it, it, and that will always be that. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, um, it was it was a defense mechanism. Like, hey, this is. I'm just asking the questions. Like, hey, I'm just. It's yeah. not about me. Yeah. You don't like it. It's not my fault. I'm just asking the questions. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it was, it was kind of a, a defense thing, but you're, you're right. Like it was, 
you know, people, it's the unknown. Like, man, are people going to listen to this? Are people going to like it? Am I going to say something wrong? How am I going to respond to, you know, the, the negative comments? Are they going to be like, there, there are so many questions. And I eventually had to get to the point where I had to say, I don't care. Right. Like getting the message out there was more important than how people saw me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yes. as long as I have a, a, a quality, you know, guest quality, you know, the experience is great for everybody. And there's something, somebody, a value somebody can get out of it. That's all, that's all I can do. If you don't like it, that's, that's on you. So like, I think that was kind of a stress reliever as well. And especially as, you know, as you, you know, too, as you get more confident asking questions and knowing the right questions to ask and um, being confident and, and all that, that stuff comes with time. So as I been doing it over and over again, it, it gets easier. I will tell you, if you go back to those first five or six episodes, they are not edited because I did not want to hear my voice. Like those first episodes <laughs> that we did are mm-hmm. not edited. And I probably should go back and edit them and make them sound a little cleaner. Cause I was so, I did not want to hear my voice. I didn't think I was, well, we've, we've talked about this. I didn't think I was good. I didn't think I, I, I didn't think I had a good, I, I don't know. I didn't get a good voice for podcasting. I didn't think I could, I didn't think a lot of things. And everybody was like, what? You have a great, you know, you have a great podcasting voice or radio voice, or you, you know what you're talking about. Like, what are you, why, yeah. what are you so, what are you so nervous about? Like, people were so like, like, what do you, what are you so nervous about? Like, yeah, those first couple of episodes, I put my intro in, I put my outro in and I would upload it. I would not. And I would find the snippet of somebody talking. As soon as I heard my voice, fast forward. I did not want to hear, I didn't want to do it because I was so self-conscious. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I just got to rip the bandaid off and just, and just do it. And now, you know, I can do it. And, and I, I don't, there are still some times where I'm like, oh my God, I sound like that. Like, <laughs> but you know, I, I want to make sure I have a great product out there for people too. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do a lot more editing now. I, you know, I do a lot more editing now. But yeah, the confidence did have to grow. I mean, it took dang near a year, but you know, um, I'd rather it be now than than never. You know, yeah. that's okay. It 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 came. It comes out eventually. Yeah. And even though people listening to this, and you know, myself included, just like, are you crazy? Like, you have a fantastic <laughs> radio voice. Like I've said that from the get go. Like, definitely, you you are the man with that voice. Needs to be recording stuff and speaking to people. So that, yeah, it, it, it would seem crazy to hear Corey speaking th- that self-doubt and, and that fear and things, but it also allows us to see that you are only human, yeah. you know, that we all have these same insecurities and self-doubts when we are first starting something new. And fortunately, as repetition is the master of all skill and he's done episode after episode and he's continually showing up week after week, now he he has that confidence, but it also is a projection of his big why. His big why behind he, he's doing behind the show, behind the podcast, behind his mission, that it just gives him that he knows that his why is bigger than just him. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. Like you said earlier, I don't get, I don't get paid for it. I'm losing money to do this podcast. <laughs> you know, like, you know <laughs> exactly. not, not a yeah. whole lot of money, I, you know, but 
Mm. I don't I don't get paid for doing the podcast, you know, but I get my the value that I get from the podcast is 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 worth the investment that I put into it, you know, connecting with different people, um, getting uh, emails from people telling me they really appreciated, you know, insert podcast name. You know what I mean? Like that stuff, you know, is is great. You know, and maybe this sets me up down the line to do some other speaking engagements and things like that. But it, it had to, the important thing is that I, it had to start, you know, and it started in a very uncomfortable way, but it had to start that way to get me to get here now. Like it, 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 it couldn't have started a, a different way. I don't feel like it had to start that way to get me started. And that was the first confidence boost. Okay. Whew, I got the first episode out the way. And then the first few episodes kind of organically happened. Like we connected on LinkedIn. We we met like, hey, can you be, you be on my podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So those things kind of organically happened. It, it just really allowed me to get to certain milestones to where, where I, I'm at now. And I'm so thankful for, I'm thankful for the journey that happened. I'm thankful for the process because um, if it wasn't for the process, even, even if I think if I still stuck with, interviewing coaches, right? I probably wouldn't be talking about, you know, the healthy projects evolving into creating healthy project communities. Cause I, w- I would just still be doing, you know, talking to coaches, having that value, but being able to expand to all aspects of health um, and talking about mental health and, and mindset and different parts of it helped evolve the healthy project. Like it, it was, it was all, it, it all worked out. I feel the way it was supposed to. Exactly. And it always does, but the mm-hmm. hardest part is making the decision to commit and to start, yeah. which is also was, was my, was my hiccup. So thankfully you were able to, to, to be that voice in, in my life. So, and having said that, if you, if you hadn't have started and evolved the way you had, you you wouldn't have the, I guess, the the foundation for your upcoming book that is in the making. Yes. So let's tell us a bit about that. Yes. So um, it really started out with the book was going to be based off of different interviews I had on my podcast. So I've had interviews about mindset, interviews about sleep, um, all these different episodes. I'm like, that'd be a really cool book um, to create. You know, the, the title was The Healthy Project. That was going to be the, the title of the book. And each chapter was going to be uh, a chapter from an interview, but going into more detail about whatever specific thing we were talking about. And then as I, st- I was doing like, you know, these mind dumps and just writing things. And then um, I focused on a couple different aspects, you know, sleep, exercise, um, community, and and food. And I was just kind of toying with that, and I was like, "Wow, these are these are the kind of the key things." You know, if you, when you research it, these are kind of the key things people discuss. You know, when it when it comes to health and wellness or well being, is your proper sleep, you know, exercise, um, the relationships you have, and and food. I just happen to call it, you know, love. So better, better sleep, exercise, love, and food, right? So love being community and relationships. And I'm, I'm so excited about um, 
this book because you know, it for for one is you know it's something about writing a book like when you're doing more research you just like you're also learning more too about these certain aspects i'm not i'm not an expert at all of these things you know but you know researching more about sleep and you know my my friend who i had now you know robert taylor who is a you know a sleep expert and being able to bounce things off of him for my book you know in in exercise and talking about you know the experience that I've had with building a community and how that's helped my health. Right. And other aspects of, of that. And then, and food and, you know, these, and how, what we've talked about quick fixes and things like that, and how they're just detrimental to your health and things like that, how to better. And then the overall umbrella of it, how to better yourself is, you know, that perspective of yourself and, and really deep diving into what I mean by that perspective I'm I'm super excited. I'm hoping it's going to be out um, in uh, fall around September. You know, it's I set a goal for myself: 500 words a day, every day, so that I get to you know a certain point. Yep. And you know, I'll I'll be writing. And the one thing about writing a book is it's hard to write a book when you don't like writing. <laughs> right? like I, I hate writing. Like really? I, I feel, but I'm a, I'm a talker. So what's cool uh-huh. is I have this app on my phone called mm-hmm. otter mm-hmm. and it transcribes your words so i'll just i'll ask myself a bunch of questions i'll write a bunch of questions out about a specific topic that i want to write about in the book yep. um and then i'll just hit play and i'll just start talking and nice. i'll talk for i'll be sitting down here in my office <laughs> but i'll just be i'll just be talking mm-hmm. and you know 30 minutes go by and there, there's a lot of ands and ums and just quiet time but yeah. After I edit a lot of that stuff out, I still have like a thousand, two thousand words. Perfect. And it, it's been, it's been, uh, it's just been great, man. Like it's, it's been a. This is just one more thing I want to add to, you know, the value of. Hey, I may not. I'm expecting to not make a dime from this book. I'm probably not going to make a dime from this book, but there's going to be a lot of value in it, and hopefully, this book will allow me to do more speaking. And to speak with, you know, in other to other communities uh, about my, my mission and what, you know, what I enjoy to do. So the book, betterselfbook.com, you can go there and put in your email and, and be the first to know when it comes out. Oh, nice. All right. I definitely will. will I hope I'll be one of the first books that are. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please, please send me one over to Australia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For, for, it's already done, bro. Like that's you already know you're gonna be the first one, the first ones to get that book for sure. Awesome, awesome. And speaking of one of the first of, tell us about this this new T-shirt you're wearing right here because this is the first time I'm seeing oh, this T-shirt. Okay, so and there's this, a story behind the shirt. So let's let's talk about that. So that I wish I could show you the back of the shirt because that's where the magic is. There's oh, go on then. Right? This is this is a video as well. Stand up. Still okay. the twirly twirl for so us, gone. You, you might not be able to see it in in the in the. Uh, we'll see. Pivot, pivot. Oh, it's a bit small. Yeah. It's, it's oh yeah. Small. So it's, I could. It's all right. What does it say? Sample shirt. What does so it say? It says, um, "Dreamers are the saviors of the world." So mm. it, it's a quote from a book called um, "As a Man Thinketh." It's an old book, Good book. Um, but it's all about it's all about your mindset. And I need to pull up the whole quote, 
so you can kind of understand what this, this has been my favorite quote forever. Dreamers are the saviors of the world. And there's more to it. I knew I was going to be talking about this and I don't know why I didn't have this ready. Golly, Corey. <laughs> so it goes, dreamers are the saviors of the world as the visible world is sustained by the invisible. So men through all their trials and sins and sordid vocations are nourished by the beautiful visions of their solidary dreamers. I'll just read that over and over again, because I feel like I am a dreamer. Like I, I like now I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm saving the world. Right. But it's one of those things where, you know, what you put into your mind, the thoughts you put into your mind, um, your thoughts become things. Right. And I want to surround myself around positivity. I have a vision of how I see the world. I want to be able to put that out there tangibly for people. So I, I don't want it to keep it a dream. You know what I mean? I, I want to be able to, to put it out there and I want to be able to do my part in saving the world. And if that means helping 50 kids get healthier, that's what, that's, that's what I'm going to do. So this is, so the, the reason behind the shirts, I'm not creating a shirt brand, but on my, on my website, the healthy which will be live hopefully next week. There will be a lot of different shirts like this, a lot of healthy project shirts that you can purchase and the, the money that is made from, you know, supporting the healthy project will go back into um, helping create, you know, create this vision. The way I see it is if you support the healthy project by buying a shirt, you're supporting the dream become a reality. So you're dreaming yourself. Like you may not be doing the work, but you're a dreamer by buying the shirt, right? Not this specific. There'll be a bunch of different shirts on there, probably like four or five different shirts, but you'll be supporting. You, you, you can be, you can go to sleep comfortably knowing that your money is going to helping a child or helping, you know, build a garden somewhere, helping someone live a healthier life. Um, and you can be uh, happier, but you, be, you, can, you can sleep well because of that. I love that, Corey. And good for you to do that. Like that's, that's, that's the, a beautiful leader is someone who uses their platform for good. And I think that that's probably why we connect so well. We're, we're, yeah. like we just, we just want to give back as much as we can. And people often freeze because they, and don't take action because they think, oh, I have to make a massive impact. I've got to help thousands of people. And it's like, well, no, even if you just shared a podcast that, you knew could help your friend that's going through a tough time. You've done something. You've yeah. made a rip. You've made a splash, and then that splash makes a ripple. And it, it you have to start somewhere. And so even just by supporting the healthy project and buying a t-shirt, you could be helping children. And you don't even have to really do much else but wear that t-shirt with pride. Absolutely, absolutely. That that is it. You know what I mean? And it's. You know, that's why, you know, on my, on my podcast artwork, I have health, wellness, and purpose. You know what I mean? Like it's, yes, I want you to be healthy. I want you to live well, but there's also a purpose behind everything that we're doing. Like living with purpose on purpose. I said that before and I want to, I want to live that too. So yeah, of course, you know, I want to, um, yeah, I want to make a, I want to make a good living. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to make money. Um, but I also know that through this healthy project, uh, project, that's not, that's not what I'm doing it for. Like 
these shirts, I'm not going to make money off these shirts. I'm not making money off the podcast. And I don't care. Like, like it's, it's not like, I'm not sitting here thinking like how, maybe if I increase the price of the, of the, you know, of the t-shirt from 20 to $30, I can make like, is it's not, it's not about that. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not my purpose. And I feel like if I live my purpose, the money will come. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm not hurting right now. The money will come, but the money without purpose is, is nothing to me. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. just, it doesn't mean anything. So um, being able to help people through my mission, like through living a healthier life and creating, you know, um, just creating a garden, just like just one garden that somebody can, you know, pick some tomatoes from that maybe they would never have ever done before. You know what I mean? Because their parents can't afford to go to the grocery store and get tomatoes. You know, mm-hmm. just, just one, one little thing could, could change. Like for me, it was sports, like one sport basketball has changed how I looked at a healthy life. Right. If I didn't have, if I didn't play basketball, I would maybe, maybe I wouldn't even have been thinking about my, my diet like that. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. You never know what it could be for somebody. Like you were saying, you never know what it could be. Exactly. And I I think that I wanted to take this opportunity to ask the questions, I guess some people may have been thinking, which is the little doggy picture in the, uh, (laughs) there's a little story. Now my story behind this, because you're going to, you're going to introduce us to the little guy. So as a listener, as a watcher, as, as you've evolved, <laughs> we st- you started the podcast <laughs> with quite a, a uh, let's say, plain canvas. Um, <laughs> and all you had was this this little guy has come along for the ride. Right? He's, he's been everywhere. He's been there in the corner. And now he's on a shelf and he's got friends. <laughs> And uh, and I think the work work hard and make it happen that speaks for itself because you uh, obviously live and breathe that <laughs> make it happen. But please, please help us all understand who this little guy is, <laughs> so we can get to know him a bit better. <laughs> so that is a real dog. That is my dog Charlie. That's my. Dog. That is my dog Charlie, and I got that as a gift for Father's Day. <laughs> he's 13 years old. He's, he's not a puppy anymore. He's 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 old, but he's been with me through thick and thin. Like, <laughs> you know what's so funny? I thought I was doing it. Like I thought, oh, I'm gonna put him on my background. <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was so cool. Right? <laughs> I was so cool, and then. You know, you know, now I have, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved. It's a lot better. I have a bookshelf Got you know, I got things going on and now looking at this and then looking at stuff and is like, what was I thinking? Like, why, why did I think I was so great? (laughs) We all start somewhere. We all start somewhere. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think that I I'm probably not the only one who's wondered who the little dog is. Oh no. Charlie Charlie Um, is his name. Charlie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me like, is that a dog in a suit? 
And I'm like, yeah, that's actually my real dog. It's Charlie. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> oh, so God. Funny. That's so funny. So I, I think we've we've covered where the podcast is is obviously thankfully the podcast is still sounds like it's not gonna there's no end date in mind, which is fantastic. Oh, no. And it's only ever it's gonna involve even more. It's gonna spread, it's gonna become a movement, it's gonna become a community, it's gonna become a, a movement of action takers and people giving back. So that's really exciting. You've got a book coming out in fall. What 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 else is there, Corey? Is there anything that I'm that I miss? Is there anything else you want to let us know? You know, right now that that is that is that is it. And mm-hmm. for for me and the, and the energy that I have, that is enough. You, you know, like that's oh, yeah. you know, and you that's know, plenty. I am. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm still you know serving and and you know as a uh, clinical health coach in the primary care setting, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm but you know the the podcast is just going to be continuing to evolve um i'm i can't wait to get this uh website up and to build this you know healthy project community um and to get just to get things you know moving and shaking there um and then when when this book comes out you know i'm just excited to i'll just be excited to be done and and have like an actual book that i can you know hold on to and hopefully whoever reads it gets some kind of value from it you know from whatever whatever they're dealing with. It may not be all of it. It may, may just like one section, but at least you like mm-hmm. something. And I'll be talking a little bit. I'll be saying a lot about um, how I started and, and giving some, some real stories from patients who I've got permission to, you know, to talk about, they gave me permission to tell their story uh, in the book and, and how it relates to, um, you know, sleep, exercise, love, and food and how it relates to, you know, your, yourself as a person you know, and I'm just, so all those things, you know, there's are, I'm, I'm super excited about, and that's where all my energy's at. That's fantastic. And I want to, I want to congratulate you on everything that you've accomplished in terms of, of everything that you've accomplished. Let's be everything we've spoken <laughs> about today. It's, it is no easy feat and you should be very proud. And I congratulate you as your friend, as a, as a guest, as today's host and, for everyone who listens to you week in, week out, you know, thank you for all the immense value that you bring every week, Corey. Please, no doubt that you do bring, you bring the heat. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. It's as, as you know, you know, with, you know, starting your, your podcast, you know, summon your superhero, it's, it does take a lot of pre- preparation and a lot of time, especially if you, if your heart is wanting to create value, right. It's, it, it is, you know, it's a labor of love. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy, especially when you hear the statistics of, you know, there's 2 million podcasts out there that have less than like five episodes. Like there's a lot of podcasts out there, but not a lot of them are lasting. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of people see how hard it is. And they see they're not seeing the views. Like the first couple of weeks, you're not going to, in the first couple of episodes, you're not going to see the views that you want to see. Like it, it takes a lot of time to build that community and to build um, those relationships with people. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you, when you love it, you know, it just, you don't really, you don't really care. You know what I mean? Like you care, but like, you know, it's not, it's not what's the views are what are what is fueling me doing this. Right. It's not, it's not what I need. 
not like I'm check. I'm not checking my up downloads every five seconds and mean like if I don't get another download, I'm not doing another episode. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like it's not, it's not like that. So, um, I'm, you know, and, and to be quite honest with you, I'm just thankful for people just listening at all period. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I it's do. just really cool to know that somebody in another country or in another state or, you know, that is listening to you and is hopefully getting some type of value from it is, you know, is, is awesome. Yeah. It, it pays us through it's, yes. it's the payment of the heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one more question as, as a listener and, and perhaps something that people, you know, cause we don't know that much about you, the man hiding behind the mic. So what's, what's maybe one little um, Corey fact that we probably don't know about you that you'd like to share with us today. Corey fact. So here's, here's one thing. This is, this is honest God truth. I, for, for a little bit of time, I struggled with weight. Like I was, I gained a lot of weight. So what, what I, when I talk with people, cause people will see me and I'm, and I'm, I'm no Ronnie Coleman, but they, they'll, they can kind of see that I, you know, I work out or, you know, I, I do something in that field, but so this, this was 2012. And I was, I wasn't playing basketball competitively or anything. I was looking for something competitive to do. I was like, I need to do something competitive because I was just itching to do something. And I was at home, I was watching ESPN and I saw a strongman competition. And I'm like, that looks dope. That, that looks fun. I Googled it and I saw like in 10 months from that moment, there was a strongman competition in my town. It's going to be, it's called, it was called the Iowa games. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So I called the next, that week, that Monday, I called the number on there, like the commissioner or the one organizing it. And I was like, hey, um, are you guys still doing the pitch competition or the, not pitch, the strongman competition? He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, hey, I said, I'm, you know, I, I play basketball. So like, I've never done anything like this. What should I do? Like, how should I prepare for a strongman competition? Mm-hmm. And he goes, lift heavy shit and eat. Period. That's all he said. <laughs> Lift heavy shit and eat. And I mm-hmm. like say say no more. Like, that's all you had to say to me. I ate everything. Like I was eating out every day and I was lifting heavy weight. I was just and I got super strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got soup within that 10 months. I got it. It was the strongest I've ever been in my life. I was just eating. I, I didn't know why I was probably in a 2000 calorie surplus like every day like mm. just eating just eating because i was preparing for the strong man right the heaviest i've ever been in my life <laughs> so after the strong man i was i was addicted to being strong right i was just um i i love the feel of being strong you go to the gym around a bunch of other strong guys. They're like, yeah, like there's this community of strong people like, Hey, but I was a health coach. <laughs> right. So I will go out into the world. If people are like, Hey, what do you do? I'm a health coach. They'd be like, huh? Okay. Right. <laughs> Not thinking anything mm-hmm. of it. And then I was like, you know what? This was fun. I want to get back. I missed basketball. Went to go play basketball, died. Like, <laughs> died right yeah. 
And then I was like, okay, I, I got to get back into basketball shape. Like I can't, I can't do this. And I struggled. Like I struggled. So I was like, why is this so hard for me? Like I was, I'm, I do, this is what I do. Right. Like I tell people to do this stuff all the time. Why is it so hard for me? And it was, it was, I had to like do some real like soul searching to, and I was able to lose, I lost like 60 pounds, no, like 35 pounds, like able mm-hmm. to get it off. And it took me some time though. So a lot of people don't, didn't know that I struggled with weight for, for a period of time. Now, mind you, it was for a competition, but that competition was over. Like I was that guy that was saying, yeah, I, I do strongman, but I ain't doing strongman competition in forever, like years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just to cover up the insecurity I had. But that's just, that's just one thing people don't know. I struggled with that. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm no Rhea, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had that struggle too. Um, but, you know, another thing, you know, what's another thing about Corey that people don't know? And I, I'm trying to keep it. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know, man. There's, you know, I'm, I'm really boring. So I'm trying to think it's like, is there something exciting that? <laughs> I do that nobody knows. I'm a, something that's you. It doesn't have to be. You're, you're overthinking it, Corey. Just the first thing I'm you know. We know we know you like basketball, so that's oh yeah. That's basketball is basketball is my my jam. But um, you know, oh here here's one thing no one knows about me is that I used to be in a in a um in a dance group. Oh, yes. What kind of dance group? What, what we style? Would, <laughs> we would battle break dancers. Nice. <laughs> yes. yes. I was the weak link, but I, you, you couldn't tell me that I was out. I, I was jamming. I <laughs> yeah. Was jamming. Yeah. It was, it was fun. But yeah, that is one thing that no one knows. That's awesome. Yep. Well, there you go. All right. We got, we got some gems out of you. So no. So firstly, that is cool. Breakdance. Come on now. We're going to have to work out how we can do like a video, get you to do some moves somehow. But, um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's really important for, for your listeners to know, for us to know that you have gone through the struggles that you preach about, like that you talk yeah. about. Because, you know, a lot of people will even question me about like, well, how are you so empathetic to people that are overweight if you've never been overweight? And I was like, well, uh, let me correct you right there. I, I've been skinny fat. You know, and and just because someone is, quote, skinny doesn't mean that they don't know what fat feels like. And it's it's very easy to put weight on, like you said, and it's very difficult to put it, to take it off, to to find that that other place. So it's important to know that you've you've been there and that's probably why you are such a great coach and that you can empathize with people and help them on their journey to understand the long game. Yeah, where they, absolutely. Where they want to be. Absolutely. Awesome. I think that that's a perfect place to wrap it up, Corey. Otherwise you and I can speak for hours on end. <laughs> uh, I, I really do want to thank you so much for everything that you've done over this last year. Um, all of the great guests, thank you. I thank you. Your listeners, thank you. And we look forward to an, another second year, third year, and decades more to come from you. 
So thank you so much, Corey, for everything that you bring. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Any final thoughts? You know what? You know, um, as you listen to this podcast and you're, you know, if you're, if you're like me when I started and you're thinking about starting a podcast or whatever venture, you know, just, just jump, just do it. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, um, just do it. And then time through time, it gets easier. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you it gets easier and your purpose starts to get clearer as you keep going. So just keep going. Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you for having me as your host. We appreciate you and just keep being you. Awesome. Have a good one, guys.